Blog Talk Radio. This is One on One with Jasper Cole, Hollywood's bad guy, and so much more. Actor, talent manager, producer, and more. Now he's sitting down with today's top newsmakers from entertainment, politics, pop culture, and beyond. This is One on One with Jasper Cole. Howdy, everyone, and welcome to another edition of One on One with Jasper Cole. Welcome back. We were gone last week. We had some technical difficulties, so if you're listening to this live, we're back live. If you're listening to it on an archive, then it doesn't really matter. Anyway, please follow us on social media. Um, I'm at Jasper Cole Says, S-A-Y-S. You can also go to jaspercole.com, and there's a one-on-one with J. Cole uh, icon. There, You can listen to all of our past episodes. We're on all kinds of platforms, so please check us out. Um, we've got a great special guest tonight, uh, wonderful actress Chris McGinn, who is actually celebrating the 30th anniversary of the iconic film, The Silence of the Lambs. Cannot wait to talk to her. But before we do that, let me bring on my tested tusted and dusty co-host, Mr. Ralph Gold Jr. Okay, thank you, Jasper, for that rousing introduction. Hello, Planet Eartha. Hello, Jasper Cole. Um, I want to say you are amazing, and I wish that uh, we were back face-to-face in the studio so I could give you a big congratulatory hug because I just want to let everyone know that Ralph shot, booked shot, a wonderful spot on the NBC comedy. Mr. Mayor, congratulations, Ralph. Thank you so much. Oh, for mentioning that. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, thanks to my management company for submitting me for the role. And the wonderful shout-out to our favorite casting director, Wendy O'Brien and Chris Garrett, as her associate. They were nice. They've always been supportive to my management company, Newman Thomas, and they brought me in. And, yeah, everything went really well. Thank you for that, Jasper. And I'll let everyone know when – I know the air dates. It'll be the first episode of their second season. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, it's it's great because you also did your first job a few weeks right before this one. You did an indie film, so that sort of got you back out in the in the saddle during uh, COVID. And then, like a week of two weeks later, you booked this one, which is great. I I totally agree with you, and thank you for saying that. And also, Planet Earth, Jasper was a big part of saying to me, the the indie movie was my first introduction back. He said, with everyone you do, you'll feel more comfortable, and he was absolutely right, because when Mr. Mayor came along, I was more comfortable, plus their testing and policies are very stringent. I had three COVID tests before I reported to set, so – in that way, I felt as protected as we could be. And working with the other actors and the crew, everyone was strident and diligent about wearing their masks. But there were times when we were talking without our masks on. And it was those times that let, gave me the comfort of, 
were fully vaccinated, yes, and we were all tested, at least me a few hours ago, other people, you know, within a short period of time, we've all tested negative. So with that, let's go. You know, um, as you know, Jasper, I'm still not on board with show your vaccination card. Everyone is vaccinated because I don't believe that everyone is, even though they're showing a vaccination card, because that's just the way society is. And there are enough things that people want to clamor to that they will do anything to get that, quote, fake ID, unquote. So, yes, I realize um, I'm fully vaccinated, as are you. In fact, Planet Earth, Jasper and I got vaccinated on the same day, unbeknownst to each other, with the J&J vaccine. God, you know what, Jasper, I was wondering, I wonder, is it going to turn into like, you know, is it going to become political like the J&J versus the Pfizer's versus the Moderna's, you know? Well, that's the thing. You know, now we're seeing this entire um, booster wars, as I call it, right? I mean, it's like... You know, Pfizer comes out and they they get their they they give boosters, but it seems like anybody can just go get a booster. You're supposed to be like either over 65 or have a medical condition, but I know several people who just went and got it, and now like the, <laughs> us J and J. So I don't know. On the Emmys the other night, I thought it was hilarious because Cedric the Entertainer was he was saying, you know. Um, He's like, yeah, I got the Pfizer. You know, we're the bougie shots. We're like the Neiman Marcus of the vaccines. And he's like, you know, <laughs> he's like, you know, you Moderna, you're kind of like, I don't know, you're maybe the target. And they go, oh, but you poor J and J, you're like the TJ Maxx. Oh no! <laughs> of the oh, vaccine, goodness. he's like, you're like the discount shopping. I was like, damn. Oh wow. You know, well. <clears throat> Yeah, how unfortunate that it's so tiered like that. I mean, I guess we're the the underdog because we only had one and they all had two, so they think two is better than one. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I think that's part of the – here's the thing. The good news is they're all going to have boosters eventually, so we're going to be fine. And I think we're we're protected anyway pretty well going forward, so it's all good. But, I mean, like I have a – Everyone can hear I have sort of an allergy cold situation happening. And, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one that just like the moment I feel bad or down or tired, I was like, get that COVID test, which I did. Thank God to CVS. I went. But, you know, Ralph was out. Ralph was on a great vacation out here in Palm Springs. And I was in L.A. all last week. And then Ralph was here. But I didn't want to. One, I didn't want to interfere with your vacation but two i didn't want to even take a chance of having a cold that i would give to you and and your friends so anyway yeah i appreciate that consideration isn't it ironic for years you're in palm springs i'm in la the one time i'm in palm springs you're in la that's so funny but no it's better to be safe than sorry because we can always laugh with each other at some time. You and I and Dennis have been so vigilant. What a shame to get. That's the thing. We have to just be careful to not get sloppy and still stay stringent. You know, and I understand that, you know, other variants are going to come along. So I've got to learn. I think, you know, I'm trying to hope that, well, maybe when I get the booster, I'll finally feel a little bit better because else I'll spend the rest of my life never trusting everybody who's fully vaccinated you know, or going to a venue uh, where they assure you, yes, everyone is vaccinated in here. It's like, okay. You know, so, um, 
But yeah, we have to move on and I'll continue to be careful like we all are and enjoying our life. I mean, look at my situation at Mr. Mayor, as you and I were discussing, and this is just one episode of a major hit network comedy, all the people that are involved in that. I mean, if you just look at any one department and look at all the people buzzing around just that, multiplied, and as you said, multiplied by all the people that we don't even see, you know, that are Well, that's right. In the making, behind the scenes, yeah, making the machine run too, you know, it's just really staggering. And knowing that all those people have been tested, and all the background, because Ted Danson plays the mayor of L.A., so it's not unusual for scenes to have a lot of background people, and all of those people had to have been tested to be on there. And you know, they're great on those networks. You had told me this. And but I had yet to experience it. We are all wearing our masks, you know. And I, like I said, there were times in holding when none of us were wearing our masks. But for the most part, they were on and off. And when they say <clears throat> rolling masks off, those masks come off and cut. They go right back on. That it's kind of like it's a it's a it's it's a weird kind of camaraderie that we all have to do now, like watching. Everybody put on their masks now, you know, so, um, yeah, it's an interesting new world. But catering is back, like you had told me. Catering yeah. is back full fucking swing. So, well, that's th- all that matters as long as you could take some leftovers shit. home at the end of the day, Oh, yes, right? and as I told you, I don't even need to bring my Tupperware with me anymore because they have these fabulous paper containers and paper bags. But, you know, the only thing that was a little bit different about craft services is that they had people – Manning craft services. So whatever you wanted, they handed it to you through a plastic curtain with holes in it. But catering has always been you had to wait in line and put your order in and and somebody prepared the food for you. So that part isn't different. I mean, what's different now is that they're back doing that. During the pandemic, that was all shut down and everything just became a little sandwich in a plastic container or whatever, you know. but, you know, no longer, you know, when one of your clients worked on one of those shows, they were sequestered in some cold little dressing room, girl, until it was like, unless you have to pee, go to the table, read, or report to set, don't ask to go nowhere, okay? That's and, right. And so times are, you know, and I lived through all of that, through your stories and from your various actor friends that you know. So now that I have actually done it on a network set – because the indie set was careful and safe, but not stringent. Like, I mean, they, these COVID officers, they were, they had that circulation going and they were wiping down surfaces. You know, it, it felt very like we, we are all in a new work ethic and everybody's adhering to it really nicely. You know, so so now that's the kind of situation I want to be in. You know, like anybody, I want to start getting some, you know, in-home rapid test, goddammit. So when people come to your door and you want to come and visit, it's like, okay, honey, let me just have your nostril. Okay, 15 seconds. Okay, let me have the other one. <laughs> okay, thanks. Let me just put this in there. Okay, listen, I'm going to have you sit over there. I'm, I'm going to have you wait outside um, for 30 minutes, Gary. And... uh 
I'll call you if you if things are cool. But you know, we talked about this. It's so funny. I still can't really get an answer from anyone. So, God forbid that, like you said, God forbid we get we show up and we get our test and we're waiting for thirty minutes. If you're if we're positive and we're not allowed to shoot, what are they going to do? Like, well, do they some they don't have somebody on call, do they? Ready well, to yeah, step in some, and replace it? Some commercial shoots we had talked about. Now I don't know for network TV. Well, I was thinking more like you know for the like say Mr. Mayor last week. Like you know if you what if, if I you, tested you, positive? I thought of right. Yeah, what, what, do like, what would have happened? Like they because I mean that whole shoot. That whole day was that one location around yeah. your your scenes, right? So yeah, it's like, that, I mean, we'll, maybe we'll, they would give that that bit to another background. guy or about, yeah, I get. I, well, I mean, that might be the perfect way somebody gets uh, upgraded, right? Oh, that's interesting. Okay, if they didn't in fact have time to call the next actor, that was but on, on some hold. commercial. On commercials, I've heard they've hired two actors for the same role. So if that does happen, the next person is there on deck, hopefully negative also, you know, or hopefully negative. You know, the thing, um, yeah, it was now I've had the nasal test and the saliva test. So I've been very, you know, um, I'm ready to go back to network again. Oh, my God, I live in such a bubble. But the bubble is working for me right now. I'm content with my bubble because I'm not, as you know, I'm not clamoring to go to a restaurant to be with friends. I'm clamoring to go be on set. And being on set, you know, it, it's fine and it's totally fun. But when, you know, I'm sitting with major stars, we're all sitting in the director's chairs. Theirs have their name on it, however. Mine just says <laughs> But whatever, you know, we're all sitting there. And um, we're on our phones. We're going over lines. You're snacking on something. And, oh, that's a thing, too, I wanted to tell you. There, we worked all the time. There, I mean, every time that we were in holding, it was really just to do a light change and a camera turn. But it was like we worked all the time. I, it wasn't like situations where you're just in holding forever, and it's just like, oh, God, fine. What have they been doing? You know, it was like they really worked it. So it's amazing how – and as you you put up comparatively, how some productions move at such a fast pace while other productions have the budget and time to luxuriate at a different kind of pace, and product is still getting made. Uh, producers and corporations are still feeling satiated because their investments are still moving forward. They're no longer stagnant because of this pandemic. And I understand that's why our union worked so hard to develop protocols so we could keep this end of industry going. It's like what Newsom, our governor, tried to do here in California by opening businesses when we thought it was too early. He was trying to do the best that he could to appease everybody, but also to try to keep the economy going somehow. And Hollywood has totally done that because if not, we'd still be, you know, doing everything virtually, you know, and I mean, we're still going to be doing these self tapes virtually, um, but you know it's 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 different now, and um, 
but yeah, it's totally different. But like I said, it, it's been a phase, like the first phase of it was working without the vaccines. And then now the second phase is working with the vaccines, which would, like you said, that has allowed them to loosen up a lot on the onset protocols. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like you said, you're not really, you know, completely quarantined. Like you're, you're able to, 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 to socialize right. a little more. Right. Well, you know, one of your actors, I, now that I think about it, they were on set. I mean, they were on, yeah, they were on, uh, in a studio. We were on location. So that's also another reason why we had a holding area, because if not, we would have just all gone back to our dressing rooms, you know, and waited until they needed us. But, um, but it was nice to see, though, Jasper, everybody there had a mask on, you know, yep. and uh, that's why I didn't know, you know, like I didn't recognize some people because it's like, wow, that mask really covers up a lot. I had no idea who that was. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know, and so it's, um, it's, it's interesting and it's fun. I will not spoil anything. I'm going to do what you always do uh, that, planet earth a jasper has some very exciting things coming up for him but you know how we are and this isn't about being cryptic this is about letting everyone know bragging that your friend has booked some shit but then when everybody wants to say well what is it when's it going to air and the reason why we can and it's not being cryptic it's like you just can't because it's like in this new world we're in they have these writers and these dna or or Whatever the NDA, the, uh, NDAs, NDA clauses, yeah, saying don't. And say, they should. Don't, they should. Imagine if they checked our DNA before we could book. Right. Also, like we need you to sign a DNA and an NDA. Yeah, and what's your blood type, bitching? In case something we need goes a saliva out. test to go along with your PCR test, and we need a credit check and a full criminal. Uh, well, apparently they do do a background. Just FYI, actors, when they say. You, you're on hold to net, for network approval. They're checking your background, your criminal record. Do, have you had a bad experience at this network, or are you horrible to work with? That's what. Oh, okay. They, wow, that's a good point. That's why, for Mr. Mayor, like I told you, I was so excited when my agent phoned and said, "Yes, yeah, so would you like to go and work next week?" And I was like, "What? Oh, I booked it? Really? I'm I'm not on hold. There's not a pen on me. I'm not on a veil. There's no network test. You know, I mean, really. I just sailed through that one. That was quite lovely. So, of course. Well, yes. Well, anyway, it's it's really it's been one of those uh, amazing times in general, you know, everything has changed. And like I said, we're just kind of, um, taking it in different stages as we go forward. But the best thing is that, you know, the vaccinations are working. We're back to work. Um, I'm a big proponent of if you don't get the vaccinations, you don't get to work. There's consequences. It is, I mean, you have the right to choose, you know, you get, you have a right to choose that you don't get vaccinated. But along with that, you may not get to do certain things and go certain places. So I don't really see where anyone's rights are being denied. You know, I mean, we, that's a whole other can of worms to get into, and we don't even want to go down that path because today we're keeping it up and light and positive. And like I said, we're going to be celebrating uh, the 30th anniversary of the Silence of the Lambs. And at this point, I want to bring on our very special guest, the one and only 
Chris McGinn. Hi, Chris. How are you? Chris, are you there? Oh, okay. We will hold on one second. I think we're having technical difficulties. Um, Jasper, can you hear me? Yeah, sorry. I I thought we had Chris. I was introducing Chris, but apparently... um, She's not yet, she's not here yet. That's okay. Oh. By the way, you know, last week the entire system went down, so that's why um, that's why you know we had to cancel the show at the last minute. So it's well, it's. This, uh, but yeah, so 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 this yeah. This time so it was, I, I was my just, fault. I, oh, I'm sorry. Go go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying that. Um, I was just explaining that you know. Vac- not getting vaccinations has consequences and, you know, nobody's taking choices away. If you choose not to have them, that's fine, but you may not be able to get do certain things. And then I said, you know, we're just going to keep it light and airy and not get into all that. And I went to, I went ahead to introduce um, uh, Chris, Chris and nobody was there. So. Oh, okay. She was- should become, she should be tuning in any second. She'll try again. <clears throat> I am. Um, yeah. You know, about, you know, a friend of mine was saying today, well, you know, now that more knuckleheads are getting vaccinated, we'll reach herd immunity. And that's different from what I had heard from the doctors that said we had missed our point for herd immunity because enough people had not been vaccinated. Do you happen to know, like, is it possible for us, a, community, a, a, a society to reach herd immunity after all this time? Um, well, I, you know, it just seems, it just seems like it keeps changing. I mean, I don't know. At one time we heard that, you know, we heard that we had to reach that percentage and then we didn't make it. Remember, apparently we didn't make it by that certain date, but I, I, two things. First of all, let's also shout hallelujah that, um, Gavin Newsom was not recalled. Oh, last Tuesday. Right. Yes, excellent. You know, excellent. because that that and and we were also did you know everyone that California now has the lowest rate of uh COVID infections once again like we did in the beginning thanks to Gavin Newsom and thanks to everyone getting vaccinated in California. We have the highest rate of vaccinations and the lowest rate of COVID infections right now. So, California is doing the damn thing, setting the example. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad that we're in that position. I hope it just keeps going and, you know, um, rather than a popularity contest, just do – everybody, let's just all do the right thing. Let's all do the right thing and just do it. God, that would be so great if we all just did that and we're like, God, you guys, we nailed that shit. But, um, you know, it's um, it's interesting, you know, and I live vicariously through you, even though I am venture, I ventured out a little bit more, because as you had said to me, well, you know, I've been in contact with more people than I usually am, even though you were still wearing a mask, but in just in terms of like per capita, that may not be the right term, but versus the, who you deal with in Palm Springs versus who you deal with in West Hollywood, it's a lot more people when you walk out of your door in West Hollywood <laughs> that you're going to be passing by, you know, just in general. So for all of that, I am happy to know that you're doing fine as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Cause like I said, you know, I was, I'm officially 
moved into the new apartment office slash. So um, it's been, um, I, I was, I was pleased to see how many people do wear their mask outside. And, um, you know, even there though, I, I'm avoiding, you know, rather than going down Fairfax where it's packed, I'll, I'll, I'll take the side streets and walk, you know, where there's mm-hmm. not that, that many people. So, um, right. which is good, which is good. But this, yeah, like for example, this week, um, you know, I'm pretty much in Palm Springs. I have no, no uh, reason to be in LA. So it's just great. It's great to have the place now. I know what a great feeling just, you know, in the back of your head, you know, it, it, it's a great option. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, well, you know, it's like I said, between the recall and now uh, everyone getting back to work, I'm hoping that we can just kind of the country. I mean, right now, of course, we're dealing with, you know, trying to pass the the uh, all the infrastructure bills and all the other stuff that's happening with the the Haitians at the border and the Afghanistans. And I don't know, some days Ralph, I'm just like, can we just focus on this country for a change? You know, yeah. can we just focus on what's going on with the, with our own problems in the United States. Why, why, why is it that America always has to rescue everybody? Where are the other, where's Germany and Canada and the United Kingdom? You know what I mean? I just love how we're just supposed to be the savior. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and 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 to that point, yes, you know it's such a horrible. It's like that Sophie's Choice. It's like, well, if you leave someone at the border and you know they're going to be decapitated or something horrible, or do you say, okay, come on, and now what? You have an extra mouth to feed, and then that turns into an extra two hundred thousand mouths to feed. And while we're here trying to eliminate the homeless off of Skid Row in Los Angeles by mid-October, it's just like, how, how do you know where are all these people going to go? You know, right? And and not to mention, well, yes, to mention all the jail and prison inmates that are released because of overcrowding. You know, it's, they don't. They all need some place to go, and you know, <clears throat> clearly they're not opposed to breaking the law to get something they need. So you know. Well, that's true. That's true. So I mean, yeah, we can. I, like, <laughs> what do I need to worry about? Being politically correct or being r- real? And I have to deal with my realness. And I, I, I appreciate being aware of situations, so I am aware of my surroundings of what's going on. But then you do have to focus and hone in on your own particular situation, you know, and, and deal with it as, as is because that's all we have going for us now. You know, right. um, we really more than ever have to – it's a, it's a fine line of knowing when to be proactive on your own behalf and when to let the government or some hierarchy tell you what to do. But unfortunately, in my opinion, throughout this pandemic, we have all learned so well that listening to the higher ups has not always been to our best benefit. And, you know, because like when we were growing up, you listened to the, you know, mommy, I have a tummy ache. Okay, go to the nurse or in school, Mrs. Mrs. Charles, I have a tummy ache. Okay, Bobby, go to the nurse. And then you go to the nurse. What's wrong, Bobby? I have a tummy ache. Okay, here, 
drink some water, you know, and it, it, everything was all normal and all, you know, that kind of thing. And now it's like, you know, Mrs. Clark, I have a tummy ache. Okay, go, go to the nurse's office. Now you have a nurse and a doctor conflicting. It's like, here, Tommy, take a lollipop. No, don't do that. Eat this chicken soup. You know, and it's like, well, what do I do? You know, and that's how we've been as a society. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, and the naysayers are like, oh, you know what? This whole COVID thing is a big joke. First, it was six feet away, then 12 feet. Then it was one mask, then two masks. You know, what's it going to be? You know, so it's like, wow. You know, we, it's like we tried to harness the virus to make it convenient for us. You know, well, 12 feet apart would just be, can you imagine how long the lines would be? when the pandemic started at 12 feet apart, then the schools tried to make it three feet apart. Like we're, you know, (laughs) those nine feet, like where did they go? And like, have you notified the virus that, you know, um, y'all can't, can't survive past three feet. Now, you know that, right? So because they needed to pack those kids in the classroom, you know, it's all a big, horrible thing. Like you just gave those great statistics about California, but let's look at Los Angeles or when I don't know if the, what statistic it was because there's so many, but the highest rates of infection now are in unvaccinated people 17 years and younger. So, you know, that just makes me not to want to be around any damn child if you're unvaccinated, even though I'm right. Like, with my good friend, but it's like, well, what are you going to do? It's like, God, everybody gets targeted. First, it was the Asians getting targeted because it was led made to believe that it came from some Asian country. Now we're targeting the children. You know, it's always some little group that becomes the scapegoat because before it was just like all you old ass obese people, girl, are the ones that are suffering, you know, and right. then, then all the healthy middle-aged people, when they started getting it, it was like, oh, that's a little different. That shouldn't have happened. Now it's gone down to the kids. So it's like, wow, we have really been through the ringer with all of this. And, um, you know, and, and still none of this is making people go, God, you know what? I was against getting this, but let's just do it and, and move forward. But, you know, even with that, it, it's hard when, other people are like curtailing or oh, I should say when other people are hindering your progress, when you're working so hard to maintain that progress, you know, it's like mowing your lawn and keeping it nice. And then your neighbor's always throwing eggs on the part that you mowed. It's like, it, it's just a horrible cat, a cycle that, you know, keeps going instead of like, why don't you just not throw the egg this time? You right. know, and now let the grass just grow and go on your own way. But apparently, as <clears throat> miraculous as our human bodies are, that's something that is is not natural. It, you know, there always has to be some kind of dissension. I mean, I know. Made- Disagree. We're made to disagree, right? Jasper is humans, and that makes in- interesting discourse. Because I guess if it, uh, 
what would society be like? Hey, Jasper, you look good. I know, I do. Thank you. You do too. Okay, thank you. You know, it's like, what do you think about hamburgers today? I think hamburgers are great. What about you? I do too. You know, it's like, that would be <laughs> some uninteresting. <laughs> you know what? Well, my friend, listen, I Ralph, before I just realized that I, um, Chris is uh, waiting. Chris is on oh, online. Oh, great. So She's here. Yeah. So let's bring our special guest on, everyone. Please welcome actress Chris. McGinn. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hi. Sorry. I was listening to interesting conversations. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? I was just uh, listening to your, your fascinating conversation that was very deep. Oh, God. Oh, thank you. Well, we, you. you know, we... we we say we're deep and shallow at the same time. <laughs> Just like me. I can relate. Okay, so that's why you are a total welcome guest on the show. This is Ralph speaking. Welcome. Hi, Ralph. Thanks for having me, you guys. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to be on, and I'm sorry it's a little late. I was uh, okay. sitting in the queue. <laughs> oh, no. No, that's oh, fine. No, don't be. Oh, God, no. You're, you're on time. It's all about you right now, Chris. Yeah, Aww, we thanks. listen. We've had technical difficulties. Uh, it, last week it was the, the whole show went down, so we're just happy that <laughs> we're happy the lights are on. So this is great. Um, first of all, congratulations on the 30th anniversary of the Silence of the Lambs. And I guess the first question would be, you know, looking back 30 years ago, can you believe? Well, I'm sure you're not surprised. You probably knew at the time what how wonderful what what it is you're making but can you believe the lasting effect the film has had well you know it's interesting because it is the very first film i ever made wow oh my <laughs> so god that is such a way to start and ironically my um dear late uh great agent at the time didn't want me to take it <laughs> oh really because she yeah because she had thought that she said it's either going to be an amazing success or it's going to be the creepiest, worst thing with horrible reviews, and do you want to start like that? And oh. I just really felt instinctually that knowing it was Jonathan Demi and knowing it was Jodie Foster alone, I thought it's going to be done in an amazing way, and I wanted to be a part of that process. So oh, Goodness for your intuition, so Chris. <laughs> well, thank God. Yeah, exactly. And so um, I, you know, that was, I just truthfully did follow my intuition and just felt like it was a chance that I wanted and needed to take. And I'm so grateful that I did. And I'm so honored to be like in a classic. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you yes. know, that's, that's one of those classics. Every time I, you know, get to do something that has some staying power. I mean, everything does if you're on film, but um, something like that really just makes me feel like a little piece of history. Makes me, makes me happy. <laughs> well, well, how, and let every, me ask you. So that being, wow, for you, for that being your first film job, I, I, was it? I would say you're kind of you were spoiled out of the gate having that pedigree. Yeah, of, it was all downhill a, from there. No, no I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. It's kind of like when you're. Yes, when we're exactly. Newer, I was spoiled. Yeah. I mean, when, when we're Although new and we're starting, we don't really know, right, when we're starting out. We're just like, Correct. oh, is this how but it the, always is? But because I was a dead body, it was always a really great piece 
of information because the movie was a big hit even before it won awards. And every time I went into auditions and things, they always wanted to know what it was like to film on it. And then I would always say that I strive to be alive in feature films. So that was <laughs> always know. my tagline in my auditions, which was oh um, kind of helpful as time went on. But yeah, it oh, was absolutely. it was definitely um, a spoiling adventure. <laughs> Well, you know, you're in New York. Have you always been New York based? Are you born and raised in New York, or what's no, your journey? I was born in St. Louis, Missouri, actually. A good Midwest I was, girl. I was born. I am a good, yeah, good Midwest girl, right in the middle. And um, I was born in St. Louis. I went to college at Truman University, which is Kirksville, Missouri. And then mm-hmm. two weeks after. Uh, well, actually, one week after I graduated college, we came in a rider truck with my two friends and got an apartment in New York and have been based out of New York ever since. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing! Let, yeah, did you get, let yeah, me ask, did you get a rent a rent control apartment that you still have? <laughs> I I am proud to say I'm in the same apartment that I have been in since, um, well, I moved to New York. We were in an apartment for four months thinking we would all be the happiest people. And I want to write a play because it turned into a disaster with everybody wanting to like punch each other and never speak again. <laughs> but we moved to the Upper West Side and I have that apartment and I still oh have the rent stabilized apartment. So oh, listen, yes, I'm for, proud. For, for, for listeners out there who don't understand, I mean, rent control in, in New York and Los Angeles, I mean, that's like, that's, that's exactly. better than an, an I, Oscar, an Emmy, and a Tony at this point. I mean. Listen, I talk heaven. about it being my dowry, you know, it's like my, it's like my dowry. If you want to like court somebody, it's like, I have an apartment with my name on the lease with reasonable rent. Yeah, no, oh God. God. Oh, just hearing that, Chris. Yeah, because I lived in New York for 20 years and. On, you know, as as blessed as you are and everybody in your rent-controlled and rent-stabilized, rent-stabilized situation, what a drag that we all have to clamor to that so hard because they've made it such a, a, a just a lucrative, expensive fact yeah. of our life. So whenever you can hold on to something like that, it's like we all have great deals, and it's like yeah. – I'm never letting that go. And that's why it's such a great, it's such a great thing. Even if you were to leave and go somewhere else, never give up that apartment. I mean, that's like. No. And listen, I say that all the time. I, I, I spend more, I've spent more time in LA until the pandemic with work and different things. And I say, you know, it's, it's here unless I win lotto <laughs> and, I, and I need some fifth Avenue pad or central park West pad or some house somewhere. So, um, yeah, I feel very grateful. And and it definitely makes um, living in New York and, and having a career as a working actor more feasible, you know, which is I'm sure anybody who listens that's an actor knows that, you know, you, you need some sort of stability to feel like you can take those risks, you know. Right. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Well, how was it um... – how was it being there during, did you stay in the city during the, the last year and a half during the pandemic? 
Um, I stayed from March till December, and then I couldn't resist anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, when I I was good, I followed the rules. I went out once a day for my, you know, constitutional with nobody on mm-hmm. the street, which was the strange part. And um, I really just tried to obey everything and also kind of wait and see because no one really knew anything. And right. then come around um, after the holidays, I ended up um, actually getting on a plane and going to visit a friend in Florida. But I knew that it was safe for me because, you know, it's not like we're making out and hanging in the bars, picking up boys. So <laughs> I felt like we were going to be, you know, we were just there to get some you know, I was there for me just to get some sun and get away and do something different. But um, New York has, um, it was, it was hard. It was hard to see it so quiet and so still and to see businesses shut down and, and permanently go away, you know, things Mm. that were temporary and became permanent. And that part of it was just really kind of sad to see, but um, it's, it's definitely on the upswing and it's one, you know, I'm, I'm excited. Some of the changes like getting to sit outside, you know, and, and building all these like little band shells for restaurants and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of fun in that capacity. And so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm proud of New Yorkers the way we yeah. stuck to it. Well, I was just saying, you know, New York and California, we both, both coasts sort of, really set the examples in the beginning, you know, um, yeah, and we're sure. still, we're still doing really well. So, which is amazing. So thank God. Yeah. So, and I, and I you, have friends in California and I, we would talk about that. I feel, you know, our, uh, unfortunately, you know, gone governor, um, for those reasons made me feel uh, safe. And I was happy that California had who they had and we had who we had that it were at least, you know, reasonable on a day to day basis, you know, to help us through. Yeah, it was it was to see what happened to Cuomo is really horrible because on one hand he was really the I mean we we prefer to you know tuning into him obviously than the president at the time to get the the updates and then this you know the fall that he just took is really unfortunate so but that's a whole yeah other, we won't even get into that that is a whole um, other show <laughs> that is a shit show for sure. Um, oh my but let gosh! Me ask you, so many are ways. you back to back to auditioning or working? I, how, do you find that the industry yeah. there is? Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely back to auditioning. Um, the interesting part is that auditions aren't in person, no. so mm-hmm. um, it's all the self tapes and or the Zoom interviews. And right. so that's a very interesting thing because you used to walk in a room and worry about mm-hmm. what you wore and and also from a perspective of if you're sending somebody as Jeff for actors um if they allow it um now I'm sending multiple takes multiple yep. choices because you're not in yep. a room and no one has a chance to ask you for something else I'm not sending them you know 14 takes but I may send like a couple takes of each scene so that they have some variety to choose from yep. Because I we don't also get... coach actors as well. So I'm also thinking of those ways as a director right. that, you know, they're looking at me for possibilities. Because we're missing that adjustment in the room, you know, from the casting director. Exactly. Yeah, which and is something so we miss. And so it gives them the opportunity. Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
No, no, that's fine. I was, you know, I don't know about New York, but we had already – L.A. had pretty much – the self-taping had started almost probably a year before um, yeah. the, the pandemic, but not 100%. But we maybe some TV shows you would still have to do a producer's call. But um, I, I, if, well, I, can, I here, In New York, it was kind of the same. It, it, right. I mean, but you did at least get to go to in a room. And if people were around, they'd, you know, bring you to the callbacks or different things like that. Whereas now it's just, you know, it, it is, if they're going to see you, it's on Zoom. Otherwise, right. you have to send it in. Right, exactly. And I, I now live part-time. At, you know, I'm back in Palm Springs. So for me, even commercials were self-taped. For a long time, they weren't. So I would, But I do notice out here some of the commercials are back in the room again. I still haven't gone back in the room, which I'm fine. I would do it. I don't have a problem with it. But, yeah, so it's all changed, you know. And it's, like I said, for veterans like all of us, we're, I mean, we're of a certain age in the good way. Um, we just have to, you know, you just have to roll with it, right, Chris? You know. You, exactly. We're all where we, like, someone that's just starting in the business, they don't know anything different, right? So, you know, I don't want to right. be that old get-off-my-lawn guy, right? Like, oh, when I first started, you know, oh, it was so on. different. Yeah, you can't be that <laughs> You can't be that person. So Ralph and I say we, we still love between action and cut, you know, the, the moments ah. when you're working. Or when you, when you yeah. step on stage um, and the rehearsal process with theater is, is so great. So, but tell us, did you do theater growing up or how did you you didn't just up um, and go to New York right you had been well doing- kind of I did you know what happened was I went to a great high school uh, Southwest High School in St. Louis and it was musical theater and so you had musical theater you had plays you had a combination of everything and so when I went to college um, I said oh I'm going to get a musical theater degree and they're like we don't offer that <laughs> you have oh, to wow. choose between music or theater and so I really as much as I love singing and music I knew I was no Barbara Streisand and as much as Funny Girl was my favorite movie that was not going to be you know where I was going to shine my best so I felt like well then I'm going to do theater you know and get an education degree as well and then I can always you know sing and do music and take classes but I wanted to immerse myself in all the ways of theater so that was kind of what I did not kind of that's what I did and then like I said two weeks after college I went to summer stock theater a couple summers, I did a children's show that toured while I was in college. So I was always, tr- you know, like checking out projects. And then I just moved to New York. And because I hadn't gone to like Yale or Juilliard or those places, I kind of figured out quickly that I just needed to kind of stick my nose in anywhere. And so mm-hmm. I, my first thing I ever did was I stage managed a show at the Jewish Repertory Theater for wow. a Mark Medoff play that Love he that had, uh, it, it was uh, he it was a brand new play, and I had done When You Coming Back, Red Rider, which is one of mm-hmm. his like most famous plays, other than Children of a Lester God, which you know won, right. I believe it won the Pulitzer as well. But um, I stage managed a show for him and for them so that I could just get in the business, and that's kind of what I did is push my way in and I pushed my way into soaps and went from doing extra work <laughs> to getting a role. And I just kept 
banging on the door. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And That's thank right. God it paid off, you know, as a working actor. And I kept, you know, little by little. I always had this advantage where I felt that because I looked younger than I was, uh-huh. it it was, you know, people would say, oh, you're, you know, you can't be a mom. You look at sister. Or you can't be this or that. So in certain ways, I was always mad. But then as I got older, I thought, well, it just makes me last longer. <laughs> right. Well, as that's it. I mean, char- they, character actors yeah. have all, we all three are character actors, you know. I mean, it, yeah. There, you know, there's the sexism in every every business. I always say the ageism and the sexism. But you know, leading ladies and leading guys, well, leading ladies are treated worse, but you know what I mean? If, but yeah. if you're a character actress, and I was the same way, people would tell me in my 20s and 30s, oh, Jasper, don't worry. When, when you get older, you're going to work. And I'm like, okay, but what about the next 20 years? Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. I, I, I got, don't really want to hang around on. for 20 years. Right, right. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, and And to be honest, it works. I mean, in my opinion, it works so much better to be a character actor because, you know, and and as an actor, it's important to know where you fit. I mean, if you watch a show, you know, uh, listen, I believe in, you know, um, you know, typecasting. I believe in not type, you know, Mm non-traditional casting. And I Mm -hmm. think that all those things should happen, but you still kind of need to know who you are and where you fit in the business or you'll be lost trying to bounce around from thing to thing, not knowing where to go. Well, I've been very lucky in that way. I, I feel like I wasted many years thinking I could play many things and, and maybe on stage I can, but you know, I tell actors all the time, to work in TV and film, you kind of want to get typecast because the casting people want yeah. to think of you in a, in a certain lane, right? They want to think, oh, yeah, it, you know, let's call Chris because here's this part. And it's like you said, yeah. I, I I felt like I just stuck around long enough that they finally were like, damn, let's just give Jasper some work. <laughs> He's still yeah, that's here. That's how I felt. Well, you know, <laughs> when I did Summerstock Theater, I laughed because I played I played a Spanish maid. And you can't take it with you where they put makeup on me to make me look Spanish and name me Anita. I played an old lady who was 65 at the time, which I thought was so old. And I played, uh, I don't, a nun. And then I came to New York and I see like, well, they need someone in their 50s. And I'm like 20, you know, in my 20s. And I think, oh, I can do that. And I'm like, no, they have somebody right. who can play that role. It's good you could do it in, you know, summer stock, but they're not using right. you for the Mexican maid anymore. So I, <laughs> well, I learned today, quickly. Especially today's <laughs> climate. Can you imagine? Getting cast oh my God! Hispanic exactly maid. to put like dark makeup on me and have me talking with a Spanish accent. It would, you would be it crucified. Well, uh, <laughs> yes, it would get me some attention. That's for sure. But some good not PR, the right kind exactly. of attention. Yeah, I don't know about good, but it would be PR for sure. Oh my God! So. Well, if everyone's just joining us, we're talking to veteran actress Chris McGinn, and you can follow uh, Chris on Instagram, and it's Chris Ch. R-I-S-M-C-G-I-N-N underscore. Um, Are there any events coming up? I mean, I see you've been doing a good bit of press about the 30th anniversary. Do you know if they're having special showings of the movie or screenings anywhere? I I haven't heard yet at this point. I'm kind of in the loop from the people that 
you know, have worked on the project. And so far, I've not really heard anything. Um, I'm hoping that they are and that I'm a part of it. But yeah. I um, I know that when it was 20 years, they uh, did the 20-year DVD, which if anyone purchases can see pictures of my birthday party as a dead body holding a birthday cake made up in oh, I dead love person it. makeup. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, – but I'm not sure about the 30th. And uh, right now I'm literally auditioning and looking around. There's a couple things that are possible, trying to do the both coast thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm also teaching and and coaching and working with actors and um, kind of all over because of Zoom. So I'm able to kind of do that all over the country from that perspective. So that's kind of where I am, you know. Waiting, waiting for the next project. <laughs> well, and like you said, the key is that we just kind of we're a hyphenate, and you try to do many things. And I find that 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 just brings more work. You know, when we're not just exactly. sitting by the phone waiting for that part, we're too busy with other things. So living life, which is exciting. Well, listen, yeah, it is a pleasure and networking with the people that we've had. Yes, and speaking of, I want to thank Lisa Rodrigo at All My Promotions One, uh, a wonderful publicist who connected us, and uh, she's amazing. Yay! She is amazing. Lisa. Yay! She's amazing. We love Lisa. Yes. yes <laughs> I want to just say to you, Chris, it's yes, it's sir. really impressive how back when you were with your agent, that you had the nerve. To, because because you were new and a novice, but you had the nerve to go, no, I want to do this project. I want to do it. You know, because you can say that about any project. They could have said that about Game of Thrones. Like, this could either be really crap. big or it could be crap. You know, I mean, you can say that about anything, right? It's like, yeah, you know, Chris, we really liked your performance, but, you know, we just can't, you, you know. So thank you for having that chutzpah. And I learned through your interview that you – that that's the kind of woman you are. You knock on doors and go, Thanks. hello, not, yeah, not going anywhere. Yeah. So congratulations. Thank you. And you know that a lot of, a lot of the big jobs that I've had, whether it be working on all my children for many years on the soap or even with kidnap for the movie with Halle Berry, it was because I said, I need to take an extra step here. I need to have the courage here. Like when I booked kidnap, I did it on Zoom. Mm, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I we, I was submitted and, and did myself tapes, but I never met anyone until they called and said, you know, meet us in New Orleans in four days for six weeks, and you're <laughs> going to play in this movie. And so I find that having the courage to really know yourself and mm-hmm. and you know and just stand in there until they say no. You know, if they right. say no, I'll go. I'm not the person that's going to egg you and follow you everywhere. I'm not a stalker, but <laughs> <laughs> but I am going to hang in there and, you know, stay with faith until the end, you know, for right. myself. Well, that's what we have to do. And, you know, this is in this business, ourself is really what we have, right? I mean, we are the product. Exactly. It's such a hard thing because, you know, we, we, we don't want to be narcissistic and no one likes narcissism. And yet... We're in a business where how it's always I always say I try to just keep my narcissism in check. You know, I mean, yeah. maybe narcissism is the wrong word, but 
I just, yeah, I don't think it's narcissism. I think it's self-confidence, to be honest, because right. I always say, you know, when you audition, it's two parts. The first part is right. to meet you. They want to know they like you. They want to know they can work with you. And that's where you get to be yourself. And then the second right. part is your talent and what you show them. And I think that people who don't, you know, I think there's a big difference between walking in a room and saying, I'm ready for this job and walking in the room and going, will you pick me for this job? And right. I think that that's the energy difference that keeps it from being arrogant. You know, I I, I'm that, not arrogant. I am confident because confident, I know yeah. I have talent and I'm willing to stand there and own it. Well, and with that, it's amazing because, you know, it, it comes with time and age and work. You know, I'm always amazed when I meet young <laughs> talent who, who really organically, innately seem to have that already. So that's right. always very impressive to me as well. Well, listen, oh, my God, time is running out. We could talk forever. Listen, everyone, please follow Chris and keep up with her amazing career. And thank you again. It was again wonderful. And have me back for part two. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I was going to say, definitely. Hopefully, I have an opinion we'll... on everything. It okay. doesn't matter what we talk about. Oh, <laughs> God. That. Well, we would love that. You'll come back and co-host. And if you're on the West Coast, oh, hopefully we'll be. Oh, I love it. We'll be back in the studio soon. You can come live in person. That would be fantastic. I would so. love. I could. I couldn't. I couldn't wait to do that. I'd love to be there in person. Thank you oh, all thanks. so much. Thank you, and Chris, I for really, joining us. I loved it, and and all the best to you and everyone thank who's listening. Thank you. Thank Chris. you so much. Have a good one. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, what a great interview. She's yes, amazing. She's, she is just feisty and on fire. I like that. Well, and, you know, I love – I knew you guys could relate being in New York. You know, I had to get the, the rent control thing in there because that's classic. But um, well, you're in a similar a situation without divulging anything, but that was an important point to make, that being stable in your home is everything. And we right. all have that stability. And because of the way real estate and, 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 and the housing markets always have been, when you get something golden, you do hold on to it. No matter how much it makes you look like a, a stickler or whatever, but it's like, uh-uh, real estate is a very important in our society. And all three of us, you, Chris, and myself, have, have all – are all experiencing that. So it, yeah, it's and we're start, we realize that, you know, it, in the in the career that we're in, we have to live below our means and and be be smart fiscally and financially and you know, we're not part of we're not we're not working for that corporation that's going to guarantee. I mean, we we can have a pension and from SAG, but you know what I mean? I just think we've all you and I in particular have have had many talks about we 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 would rather have money in the bank and be stable and secure than have to be living above our means, period, I, to, impress, I, to impress anybody. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. That's why I like humble things. That's why I like just humble opportunities, you know, rather than a big fanfare. And when I say humble opportunities, like – Go to your audition, get the job, and do the work. Don't complain that it's a co-star or it's just a one line. Be grateful that you're standing on that set. You know, and I'm always that kind of person, and you are too. 
you know, guest stars are fun, and I've done guest stars and others. You know, every part is a guest star because you were a guest on their show. So, you know, but you know what I'm saying. It's like every part is fun, and that's why we all keep doing it. Please, else you wouldn't keep doing it. Don't complain because you're playing a police officer again. It's like, yeah, but you're doing it on network TV, aren't you? Thank you. Right, right. I mean, look at look at um, Chris. She she parlayed playing a dead body in an iconic movie, you know, yeah. into a career. So yeah, so it's yeah, it's really it's all great to see. And there are no small have. parts, whether you're dead or alive. <laughs> exactly. You know, but I like her motto too. It's like I strive to be alive, girl. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> but Get like on that we, upper upper west side with that rent control and just keep on rocking. You better work that out. I love it. Yes, and write that play, Chris, about um those hateful roommates that all want to kill each other. It's like kill as you want to, but I am keeping this bitch. Okay. Thank you. R- write what you, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you have. Look, you parlayed <laughs> shit. You have parlayed your shit from Georgia to California, and you know, and back. You know, so it is. Well, I was just. I'm just full disclosure because we tell everything on here. For almost this entire hour, I have been bombarded on text messages with a with a colleague that I'm dealing with a project on. I just. I, this is just a perfect example to share with people. When, when you're a producer on a project, you're dealing with multiple people and personalities and feelings and text messaging can get so confusing and people get bent out of shape and the, the context and the tone gets taken out of context. And I've, I've just dealing, trying to ignore this crazy person who's just going after me about a project. And it's just so hilarious. I want to put this person on blast so bad. But let me just say, I'll just use them as an archetype of just not listening, just overreacting, um, overeating, you know, just the whole thing, just being, oh wow, <laughs> um, and just lashing out at. I, so, so as we wrap up the show, Ralph, I want to say to people in this business, people listening, it's a very small town, it's a very small world. Be careful who you piss off. And because it, it has consequences, that's all. And people talk and people know who, who's reliable, who, who's not. So anyway, listen, speak, you're certainly reliable. You're certainly loyal. You're certainly one of the best. And thank you, thank you. And we will be back next Thursday live again. Yay. And uh, welcome back from your vacation. And we will be in touch. And everyone, stay safe. Keep those masks on, get those boosters, get vaccinated if you haven't, and peace out and much love, and we will talk to you guys soon. Take care. Bye-bye, Planet Eartha. Thanks for checking out One on One with Jasper Cole. Check out past episodes and get the latest as they're released. Subscribe today on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.